0: Right now, get up to 30% off at Bluenile.com. Bluenile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts.
1: Here's a show that we recommend.
0: Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Yeah, what right. a guest. We- oh, sorry, what is it? You've
1: got ten minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, come on in. What a guest we've got on this week. Uh, former Scotland Celtic manager Gordon Stratton, my old manager as well, who I was shit scared of for a good three, a no, yeah. No, years. Nah, you
1: weren't scared
0: of me. But I just want to apologise for ruining every tuning session. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, no. You're a great one. Great fun. Great fun. And I'm glad to see you're doing very well now.
0: Thanks very much. Um, I remember you used to tell me you started out at Dundee. I um, did. I uh, got us thinking with my nose in here. You didn't know my mum 30 years ago, did you? There's something on
1: my nose like. Um, uh, uh, no, your mum would be probably a lot, a lot younger than me. It's either I, you or Jim Spence. Yeah, that's more. Yeah, Jim Spence, eh, that's one more. My twin brother. No, um, I, uh, I started off there in 1972. I was 15 year old. And, uh, do you want to know this, Eh? I heard, oh, I just not, thought yeah. you were just asking me for the no, sake of I, I uh, Yeah, uh, 72, I started off there, I was 15 year old. I was about just under nine stone. And I never played a game for about six months. and I played a reserve game just before I was 16. And that was the start of my career at the Dundee. I loved every minute honestly. I um, learnt a lot of things. I learnt not to gamble because some of the older players took my wages off, me, my week's wages off in the first couple of months I was there on the train. So I learnt not to gamble again. I learnt that uh, alcohol wasn't very good for you, but I didn't learn that lesson for about another 20 years. Uh, and I learnt good football and habits on the pitch from people like Gordon Wallace and Jokie Scott. And I learnt a lot of bad habits off the pitch for people like Alec Caldwell, George Mackey um, and all my mates that we went about with who are still mates to the day.
0: Well, How would that uh, upbringing differ, uh, kids' upbringing now?
1: Hard night and day. I was left on my own. Um, I got 15 quid a week and uh, I got I can't remember. I used to get paid at Reform Street go down and I get a brown envelope with your, your wages. And uh, i blow that before the Monday. Turned out it was a guy called Bobby Robinson, who's uh, unfortunately passed away. He was a young man, but he—he's kind of my. He looked after me. He was like a, a father figure to me. And he used to help me out. We gave me money every Monday to make sure I got through uh, to Friday, because in the days was nothing like you getting food. At an academy system. You, you you trained. You done the, the the jobs like cleaning boots. There was only two two youth team uh, two apprentices. We used to clean all the boots. Uh clean the terrace on a Monday, do a bit of training. And if you have to go for food, then you'd have to pay for that yourself. Um, and then after four months of that, traveling back and forth, I had to get up in Edinburgh in the morning at six o'clock, get the bus from your house up to the Waverley station, train to Dundee, and then a bus up to the, so it was a long process of getting there. So after four months, I decided I've got to live in Diggs, um, which was a downfall in my career for about Four years, because <laughs> um, I, I lived with a couple of lads. It was, it was funny. It was good fun, but it didn't help. It, did, it wasn't a conducive to being a great footballer. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, so that was my kind of early start to the football career. I made my debut. Were you done eh?
0: Nah, my grandad was. But
1: you done I can't fan?
0: remember. It, nah, not really. None.
1: Right. So my, my my debut was just before night. I think it was the day before. New Year's New Year. It's New Year's Eve against Dundee United, and I was 15. that they had two uh, twins playing for them, who actually played under-23 level of Scotland, called Joe and Sandy White. And they played left back and left wing, and I was kind of right side in midfield. And uh, so my start my debut, and uh, I scored a goal. And then, but I get kicked, kicked by Sandy and Joe. I wasn't sure which one it was because. Every time I looked up, it was the same person, but <laughs> it, it, it was different, I thought what oh. And then after about, with 10 minutes they go in, one of them scudded me. When, two, when I woke up, Kenny, from that tackle, there was two of them looking at me. So I wasn't sure which one it was. So I punched one and kicked the other and got sent off. And your debut? Aye, at 15. Yeah. So uh, I, was, I was in trouble with the manager. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I ended up 1-1, one, one, I think.
0: And do you think that side you, it helped you progress through the first team, I thought?
1: No, he didn't play me for months again <laughs> after that to teach me a lesson. That didn't help. <laughs> um, it, it taught me a lesson. I have played against twins again. Make sure you get the right one.
0: <laughs> but you played for Dundee, and then obviously the move to Aberdeen came about. Yeah, always wanting to go into bigger things after Dundee.
1: It <sighs> wasn't. No, it wasn't no that kind of mentality. It was just when we were football player in these days. It wasn't no this kind of. These kind of. Riches that you had to move up to get loads of money, cars, houses, wags, holidays. It wasn't in that way it was just, Football was a, a mean of survival. There was never anybody who in that day was an example if you fin- f- finished football That you were going to be mega rich. It was basically if you finished football and you had a pub, then you were all right <laughs> uh, it, was, it was when we were young, me and Leslie, if we, if we finished football uh, didn't have a mortgage, and what I thought it was a sports shop in St Andrews, that was as high as our kind of limitations took us, because there wasn't anything out there saying you can do much better than us. So that was that was kind of my ambitions. The ambitions were at Aberdeen, because I left there and I was on sixty quid a week, and I went to Aberdeen for eighty-five. Oh, your beauty! <laughs> and I got a sign-on fee, but then I realised the sign-on fee wasn't enough because I went from Dundee and my house was worth about nine and a half thousand pounds because I bought a house quite early. And moved to Aberdeen, which was the, the dearest place in Britain at that point, to buy a house. Um, so I had to get a smaller house, but it was another five grand extra. So I didn't have that. So I had to ask Aberdeen for some mere money, <laughs> which they kind of gave me the, the kind any of money. And when I got there, because Aberdeen's freezing, as you know, I mean, ultra freezing, and um, it was a new build. And the guy says to me, um, do you want central heating? I said, much as that. He says, 500 quid. I went, "Oh, can't afford that. Then he said to me, do you want a garage? But let's say, I went, much as that. He says, 500 quid. I said, look at a car. <laughs> so that's the kind of state I was
0: in then. Um, but we've progressed for that. I've got central heating now. <laughs> uh, on Aberdeen, how good was Alex Ferguson? How good was that team competing in, in Scotland and Europe?
1: How, how good was it? Well, first of all, Bill McNeil signed me. Right. And who it was a just a fantastic, fantastic fella. Um, but when I got there, I was I was useless. I mean, absolutely useless. I um, I just got married, so I was getting used to married life as well, which is no easy. Are you married, eh?
0: I'm married. I'm ah, yeah. was a
1: silly girl, but never mind. <laughs> um, um, So it took me a wee while to get used to that, and um, how you settling the first year of marriage, and anything. how am I ever going to get through this? But we managed it to get through that. But the football was useless. And I always felt sorry for Big Bully because he put a lot of faith in me um, to take me to Aberdeen. And I never really repaid him. Um, hopefully, I repaid him in, in the way that, funny, um, when he left, became a Celtic manager, that over the years he was justified in, in paying. It wasn't that much these days. Uh, it was about 50,000 plus Jim Sherwood. about 80,000. So I am. Um, Hopefully I repaid them in my performances after that, but I always felt bad about letting them down and, and, and playing really badly because I was, you know, people think that everything's been smashing in my football career and, and fun, but it's, it's there have been rough times. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know if you've never heard this, but when you used to name the teams and they go, number number six, Willie Miller, Whee! Number seven, Gordon so That kind of mumbling and mumbling <laughs> going on, you know, and I got that. You could actually hear it in the crowd when the when the ball came to you. You know, and the crowd go, "Oh no, he's getting it again." You hear that mumbling. It was okay as a short pass because the crowd couldn't have boot you quite quickly. But if it was a long ball. The crowd could start mumbling because you see the crossfield ball going to you. Think, "Oh, he's getting it again." What has he got today?
0: It's <laughs> usually my manager that was doing that when the ball was coming. <laughs> to <out. laughs> So was it Ferguson that changed your your fortunes at Aberdeen? <sighs> I changed it myself. You know, people always talk about not.
1: managers and things like that because anything you do in your career, really you get help somewhere, but you decide whether you've got to change it yourself. And there was a point where I went to Bristol City and I thought, no, I'm not leaving until I prove I'm decent at this. You know, I didn't even want to leave on a, a, a note uh, where people thought oh, I was useless. I was looking useless, but I was better than that. So I wanted to keep plugging away. And eventually I plugged away. It came come round um, that football... Uh, Become easier for me, and um, I progressed at that. And obviously, Sir Alex was there, and and he he drove us on. He drove that team on to be the best team in Europe at one point. Uh, but as I've said many a time, that um, he helped us, um, but we helped him as well. Uh-huh. And that group of players helped him to go from there to Manchester United uh, and kick on for there. So it was a it was a, it was a group of people who helped each other. So we're all indebted to each other. Everybody played in that team, Shooter County, John McMaster, everybody helped me, and hopefully I helped him and vice versa with the coaches, Archie Knox, um, Sir Alex. And it was an incredible, incredible experience because uh, most people think about Alex. Sir Alex when he was at Manchester United and for 20 odd years, but the raw energy in that dressing room when him and Archie and the rest of the boys were in there was, was, was absolutely frightening. And you get today, which is a kind of standard thing, cliches. you've lost the dress room or the players didn't like the manager or he doesn't like them. Or there's, there's conflict. Well, we had every weekend that Sixers hated him. <laughs> Sixers wanted to batter him. Um, and Sixers didn't speak to him and he didn't speak to us for a couple of days. But when the games come round and we're ready to go again, we were so united it was untrue. But it just shows you that don't, don't fall for this, the lost the room stuff and all that. And there's arguments and we had it all the time.
0: So people would answer them back? No only, uh,
1: f- for a very short period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were nailed to the wall. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't have missed it for the world. Yeah. It didn't change changed us into psychopaths and blubbering wrecks. We, um, we stood up. Because he, what he did was he, he tested you every week, every day. Um, I know maybe your peers like Neil Cooper and um, uh, Eric Black, John Hewitt. I mean, I've seen them getting absolutely hammered in the youth team. I mean, literally hammered. <laughs> but it didn't affect him in any way. They come back stronger. Because he, he always felt that you had to be prepared for the crisis on a football field. And to be to do that, you had to be strong minded, physically good, strong minded, because they come together physical and mental strength. Um, so he tested us every day to make sure we were ready for a crisis when you had to go to Celtic Park or Rangers or play Bayern Munich and there the crisis points. You could deal with that.
0: Would you say when you went in the management career, is he the person you've took most from? No. No? Nobody. Just yourself? Aye. Mm-hmm.
1: You cannot kid anybody. a matter of fact, when I first went to the coaching, I first went to coaching at, at Leeds United, when I, I used to take the reserve team and play with them. Which was fantastic, Mm -hmm. fantastic experience. People like Gary Kelly, Ian Hart, and people like that, no wheeling. And um, so uh, when I went to Coventry as a, a coach to Ron Atkinson, he asked me to do, after two games, speak to the players after the game. And I went into this kind of Alec Ferguson rhetoric, try to imitate him. And then halfway through, I thought, what a prat. I finished that. And I went outside. Do you remember John Cleese, Basil Fortley, when he gets down in his hands and knees and does that. Well, I was kind of like that because I knew that I'd made a complete fool of myself by trying to impersonate somebody that I couldn't be. Mm. Um, so from then on, it had to be me. The whole body language, every day. It's no people think um, sports psychology is about 18 meeting or like this. It's no. It's every day that you have to your sports psychology is around the, the ground. It's every time you speak to somebody or touch them, you're doing well, and you go, and it's people like self who are going, you're all right, you're fine, good, keep it up, smash it, and gives a shout. So it's, it's, that's all sports psychology. Okay, there's times when you have to, there's special moments when you have to speak to players, whether it's a groups, there's groups, and individuals, but you have to have that, that aura, or that they see that you're ready for, to win games, and you're not being beat every moment of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Just back to your playing career. When Ferguson was going to Man United Did you have a feeling That he'd try and take you home? It went the other way I went first Oh you went first sorry Gee, yeah there you go I, I, I went first research, that so.
1: Oh listen I couldn't handle any Miriam I had six years of that I had to get out of there I was going bonkers mm-hmm. um, So he kind of took that badly Because it was the first That kind of group of players Was breaking up So he, he kind of took that badly He wouldn't be so bad now But he took it badly That Marcel and Mark McGee Who was thick as thieves Wanted to move on, mm-hmm. so he kind of took that badly, which, but he got over that. Matter of fact, the first cup final played at Manchester United was against Everton, and, and he was still at Aberdeen. And he come down; he was doing something. We speak to somebody down there, and he called me, and, and I invited him along as a guest after the game. So he, he was my guest after the game uh, against Everton. So he sat my wife, my dad, myself, and yeah. um, So, but he didn't get there till about. Eighty-six, November eighty-six. It was, New, it was it was Guy Fawkes Day or the eve of Guy Fawkes Day, and and he 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 was coming along, and, and the boys were saying, oh look, he, he's coming along, and I says, oh, because Ron was such a kind of flamboyant. Here we go and play this way and do that, and Ron, Ron, you can do what you want with Ron as long as you turned up on the Saturday and played a game of football, wasn't it? Alex was completely different. I said, oh, he's a bit of a lad at you know, half-time and things like that. So for the first six weeks, he was well-behaved. Nobody's going, pussycat, not a problem. Then after six weeks, the real Alec Ferguson come out. And, oh, hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. And then it took him a while to get going. Four, or four years, something like that, before he won his first trophy. But he needed to get ready. a lot of players um, that were past a sell-by date, and they needed to move on one way or another. Unfortunately, I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was the right time to go, don't worry about it. I've not got any problems with that. It was the right time to go.
0: See, when you first came, did you think you'd go and have a career he did at Man United?
1: No. I knew he was good. and I knew he was, he was phenomenal. I really knew he was good. Um, but to the success that it went to no. No. Nah. No, no. I, I knew, I, I thought he could... When Liverpool were so strong in the age, you couldn't see past Liverpool, but he must have seen that. He must have, to join Marnia, he must have seen that he could take Liverpool on and, 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 and see things at Liverpool, that he could take them on. And, um, and funny enough, when, when he was there, um, obviously, it, it was hard for me because I'd heard the rhetoric for seven years previous. So I was hearing the, you know, the same things. So it, was, it wasn't fresh for me. So it was a p- bit of a problem for me that. Um, but I knew it was going to be a success. But the funny enough, the people were in the bottom, there was a lot of question marks. With people, round the bottom, they were questioning. Them. They all go, ah, "Scotland, he was useless up there." Now we go, "No, no, no, no. Just a second. Just a second. This man has been made a, a a provincial team and the best team in Europe mm. at one point." I says, "No, he's he's got it. He just needs time. Whether he's got to get the time or no." That was the question, but the Man United board were fantastic.
0: Later on in your career, were you always thinking about getting into management then?
1: Um, I think so, as, as I got older, yeah. Because most football players when they're in their 20s go, ah, I don't want to do that coaching stuff. But the reason I, 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 I like doing it is I love being in the game. I love the people around the building. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful game. And um, it's better being in it than out of it. Um, so I'm really proud of my a professor, I'm, I'm proud of what goes in it. I think it's, it doesn't get the due credit it gets, that's for sure. So I was scared, and I, but I liked, then I realised, I like coaching, and I helped, because at Legionnaire I, 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 I become become the, the captain, and I really got involved in being the captain and help people, and I thought, I like this. I like helping people, I like trying to make pl- people better. So I, I did my coaching badges along with Tommy matt Mark McGay, Roy Aiken. It was. it was great fun. And mm. um, we all done that together, and, um, but I thought I um, I would um, start doing it about thirty four, thirty five. But I kept playing football, and uh, but then when I, I got coached and I thought great because I went and, as a coach at, at Coventry, and ended up being a player coach. <laughs> Didn't know what to do that, but I ended up doing that, and then I ended up being a player manager, which kind of I thought was going to kill me, and then just going into management, and and and, I, and I just, it's stressful at times. That's for sure. But it's well worth it for these moments where you get when I mean, you see a. A dressing room enjoying themselves after success, yeah uh-huh. and individual players doing well uh-huh. I, still Spells, kick, so I still got a kick I still got a kick. you all the players even the guys that uh, when you were playing at Celtic, you know okay, you didn't get the truck level I still see Gauza, yourself Paul Cadis. um the young lad at Plymouth just now—I didn't even work too much about him. Kerry, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, all these kind of guys. Charlie Mulgrew coming through. I like, uh, I like,
0: and, and you can go back to the clubs previous to that. I like to see how they've got on. Uh-huh. Uh, spells at Coventry and Southampton, as you said. When did you first hear about the Celtic job?
1: I was—I was at Cheltenham. i would i would left uh, Southampton because I said to my wife, and I thought there was some mysterious circumstance. I'd been in football for a long time, and we never really had much time to go round the world. I'd been around the world, but never seen it, being a football player. I thought, right, we've got to stop. So I stopped to Southampton. I told the chairman that I was going to stop. So I stopped and I went to Australia. I went to games that I'd never been to. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, we took off. Leslie myself, and see all these games. Done things, went to Australia. Wonderful. Uh, And then someday, I'd never been to Cheltenham, and a guy I knew at the conference said, you, what you come to? Cheltenham, I thought, never been there before. I'm almost a gambler. Uh, yeah, I'll come along. So I was in the, the box. He's got a box. It was a lovely box. It was on the, the kind of finishing line, but high up. But there was a noise coming from next door, and uh, oh, I kept going. This noise, and um, I, uh, I was got to the toilet, and then Kevin Moran's outside. He was standing. He's having a drink Out, outside in the balcony thing. As I got to the toilet, how are you doing, Gordon? Because I played with Kevin a lot at Manchester United, and then. Uh, Eddie Jordan come out, I knew Eddie Eddie was a Coventry fan. How are you doing? It's fine. What are you doing here? I said, I'm Right, okay. He says, just come on here, I've got a guy who wants to meet you. I
0: went, aye.
1: So there's a guy standing there, elegant looking fella, looking about, silvery hair. He went, aye, hello. I said, I'm Gordon. He says, I'm Dermot. Aye, very good. He says, "Uh." So we started talking. And uh, so after a we wee while, I said, well, you ever come back to football? I said, well, I will do it one Wednesdays. He said, well, if there's ever a vacancy at Celtic, would you take it? I said, of course I would. That, that, I said, well, I'll keep your mind and get a call. I went, aye, fine, good. We're <laughs> drunk. I'm not going to... What's that? So I went back, I said I met the guy through there. It's good. I guess heard the guy. He said, we just kind of giggled at it. <laughs> yeah. Then somebody told me it was the Celtic owner. I went, aye, ah, right, okay, good.
0: But I gave a second thought. Yeah,
1: and then, unfortunately, Geraldine, she was unfortunate. No, well, uh, but great now, she's smashing now. Yeah. see that a lot, which is great. At the time, it was really worrying for Martin, so I had to take a sabbatical from football. And they asked me to take over then, which was, uh, and I, I knew it would be a hard job taking over for Martin. You know, that's, that's not easy, that. But you think, well, I've got a chance to be a Celtic manager. Right, in we go. You know, so, And it worked out. Um, it worked out fine eventually. Uh-huh.
0: So, did you, watch, uh, <laughs> did you watch Martin's last game, the helicopter Sunday?
1: No. Just, I was in Southampton and, and, and um, the Celtic were 1 nothing up. And I said, Well, look, that's fine. Win the league again. And uh, so I went, to, I went to pick up with these days you rent videos, so I went to rent a video. By the time I got to the video shop, there were 2 1 done. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I'd listen to the radio. So, that was uh, strange from having the championship then. You haven't won it back now. You thought you'd be protecting it and looking after it for Celtic, but you know you've got to win it back when I'm taking over. Is that yeah. easier, harder? <sighs> um, it wasn't it wasn't easy at first, but because of the ability of the players and the, the drive that they had, and it became easier at the end because we were so far ahead. But it wasn't easy at first, that's for sure. Especially taking taking a club like Celtic and the start we, <laughs> we had it back at Bart's um, you were not do that then, were you? No, I wasn't. I was injured. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I so, wouldn't have been involved
1: anyway, but uh. Well, you never know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that was a hard start. And eventually it got easier and easier. But... Um, it, well, listen, these kind of things in life, you need them. You don't want them. but I'm afraid you have to deal with them. And we dealt with them as a club and as a group. And coaches.
0: See, the reaction to that 5-0 defeat, was it... Is it like nothing you've ever experienced at other clubs? Take you by surprise, I
1: um, No, really, because I knew the enormity, of the result and the disappointment. And to be fair, uh, I was kind of an enemy when I got there anyway, because I, I played for an Aberdeen side that they come down to Celtic regularly and, and did very well. So I was a kind of villain as such.
0: you know, not fighting with uh, Tommy, or not
1: i was scrap with every one of them, <laughs> never mind Tommy. Um but that, that, that's, that was my livelihood at stake at that, that time, and it was the same there. So it was it was very hard. But I, I got looked after well with the people at Celtic, with Dermot and Peter, and all the rest of the lads. Like Bertie all would come and give a wee nod, and Bobby Lennox would keep your chin up and things like that. So it was very good that we say that, but you had to deal with it on your own. Mm-hmm. You had to deal with it on your own. They were they were great. Um, but funny enough, I met a guy just after I got beat with Rangers. And I was flying to Sweden next again Dave with Leslie. we were going to watch a centre half. I was getting on the plane, but you had to go from the, the, the gate in a bus to the plane. And um, i was sitting in the back of the bus and this guy called me morning, do and said, how are you doing, Gordon? I went, ah, no bad. She says, ah, no, things can get better. She says, I'm a Selkie supporter. She never forget, you'll never walk alone there'll be somebody there to look after the supporters, blah, blah, blah. I mean, everybody likes you, but not everybody hates you. Went, That's very good. So that was, that was kind of inspiring. Mm-hmm. Just to want a guy to come up and say, listen, when you're a, and a downer, to come back and say that to you. So I remember we quirky things like that. So, but as I said, the, 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 the five nil in Bratislava, you, you, you couldn't, but they had five shots and five shots went on. Mm-hmm. It was one of them nights. As I said, on my grey stone, I'll probably have written, this is still better than Bratislava. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so even after that result, with a group of players, were you still confident you could you could have a good season? You could win the league.
1: Well, the group of players were all kind of put together because there we were so many injuries. People wanted to move on. Bobo Baldi who who didn't appear for training the day of the game in the morning because he was talking to Middlesbrough. He thought it was right that he could talk to Middlesbrough at any time and just ignore training. Paul Telfer never met anybody before because we had no right backs. Jack had moved on. Didier a gap just wanted a pair eyes, he wasn't interested in actually playing. Mm-hmm. It was his first kind of conversation. He never actually said hello, he said, He you know, yeah. went, I'm your pair eyes. I went, nice to meet you. <laughs> Wonder how much do you want? Oh, is that what you're after? Right, that's fine, that's great. Um, so I had all these, these these things to deal with. But lucky I had people, uh, and in the dressing room, Neil Lennon was great, because everybody, there's a lot of people who are missing Martin, which is understandable. But Lenny was kind of open, open-minded and he gave me as much chance as anybody else.
0: Uh-huh. Um, my favourite player that like you signed, Nakamura, well, yeah. was that a turning point?
1: Hey, for everybody he was so at good, Celtic, he? He was, you, you played with him and realised how good he was and trained with him and what a professional he was. And um, When you're working with people like that, you only have to say once to them. Even though I don't really understand you, had these mate maker, uh-huh. and you, most players, you ever right? Okay, I want your this, but you have to take them by the hand and put them in. You just say to him, "Listen, I want you," and he'd see four passes away where he should be. So he was, he was a wonderful. Um, because I, I gave it tapes. These days it wasn't as sophisticated. I gave it tapes to Gary Pendry, Tommy Burns, Jim Blythe, of a game, four different games, and myself. say, watched the game. So we got together next game day about Nakamura. What do you think? Oh, pff, You know, Tommy's like, yes we'll have him, mm-hmm. Gary was the same, Jim's the same, so that was our kind of scouting in Nakamura. But well, the four years went, yes, uh, we done a bit of background check on him, no problem. And over he came, and he'd be such an education for you young guys how to look after yourself as a footballer. Mm-hmm. I, keep, I keep telling people that after home games, after we had a wee bit bled after the game, he changed into a different training gear and go upstairs to the gym mm-hmm. and work for another hour. It was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you make your first experience at Ibrox? I think it was a quiet one, wasn't it? Was it Tomo cool. sent off?
1: Cool. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, I, because there was a couple of new players there, I'd we, uh, put a video together of players getting emotional during the game. and, and, and a, Whether it be Rangers or Celtic, and, and getting sent off or kicking people and losing discipline. And I said, if that's what you'd do, and I really meant, no, the, i didn't do that too. Harts and Lane, and Sutton and Petrol, but there was a couple of other people who had never seen this madness before. And I showed this video. Maybe, maybe the wrong thing today, but I said that that's what happens. I do believe if somebody goes a goal down, there's a lot of times and Celtic means that the team that goes a goal down because of the friends of the fans, they throw themselves and they want to kick, shove, bite, lose discipline, lose what your your shape. So I kind of showed this thing. only um, got sent off in 35 minutes, which we're down to 10 men and um, so after the game I, you know that dressing room there there's people shouting through the, there there's windows up the top and the Rangers fans are screaming through there and I went listen I told you before the game and we get one person sent off but I heard this voice for the back going two I went two how many did we get two sent off and I sat there, sat there and went I got sent off come up the tunnel <laughs> oh well done you as well <laughs> you know oh <well>, great discipline <laughs> um, so that was hard um, and I, realized, I, I that was the first time I realised my name at the Rangers fans was Chesney. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know who Chesney was, because um, it was two nothing. I think, and I heard Chesney, Chesney watch the score, and Tommy was always, no matter what happened, he always found the, the funny side it and saying stupid things at the wrong times, because he'd be saying. In, so I'm looking about, and Chesney watch the score, and Cham Champ come up, because I thought he was. I said, Tam, what are you be doing? We're doing the 2-0 and what you we do? You know, there's was, was 15 minutes to go. We actually scored the 2-1 to make it 2-1. Sean scored it, And, he, and, he, and I said, well, have you got anything in your locker? He says, no, really. I says, uh, by the way, who's this Chesney? He went, he used to do that. Tom. I went, that's you. I went, mean, that's Chesney. He says, I've got any coordination street. So we were talking about Chesney on coordination well, and coordination street. We've got one doing. <laughs> Very good, Tam. At least I know what they're saying you know.
0: But see that game is it? Is it like nothing else you've experienced? Uh, yeah, it's, it was, it's, uh,
1: the old firm game, as I say to people, it is it's full with colour, passion, enthusiasm, and you've got to see it to believe it, and you've got to hear this noise. I mean, a throwing becomes oh, decibels. Well, you know, it's it's our throwing, and there's fifty thousand people screaming about a throwing, and you don't get that in many football grounds. It, it, it's 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 large in life. But there is a downside to it, there's, there's, there's a negativity about it, there's a, there's, a, there's a horror about it at times when you think, do people actually behave like this at times? So there is that wonderful, wonderful excitement, but there's a downside to it when people can actually be that
0: brutal to each other. Mm-hmm. Was there a point in that season that you thought we could win the league? I think when we got back and beat Hearts 3-2 at Chinecastle,
1: and, and Piero came on at half time. They were 2 nothing down. It was two corner kicks, I think, maybe. And they were very powerful. And that was a good hearts team, by the way. Yeah, so a well, right I good Hunter. hearts team. When you have a look at it and see the players, where they played, what they did, the wages they were paying at the time, bringing in the top, top players and a physical side playing there. They were 2 nothing down. We put Piero on. And Piero made a big difference, running with the ball, without the ball. And I think Stephen Score, Stephen McManus, who who grew as the season went on, Stephen, who's a wonderful, wonderful servant to the club and, and great for me, um, he scored to make it 3-2. And I think that's when you think, mm, we've got to be all right. And then we signed, Roy Keane came into play. The dressing room was going stronger and stronger at that point because there was people left who didn't want to be there various things and that this, the dress Dion Dublin joined as well yeah, making uh, great it great that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. and Roy always talked to the younger boys didn't really get, speak to the older ones but <laughs> just went hello and all that right, and get on with it. but they two guys come to the dressing room just went wow and they two guys helped everybody mm-hmm. there, there was a thing about them that, that they wanted to help everybody and the younger guys then started feeling a part of Celtic which maybe they didn't feel part of before so they got it and these two guys come in and helped him. So I had that going in the way up so just driving on and winning the league and being very professional about it.
0: Because there was rumours that he didn't know what to sign Roy Keane, is that true?
1: No, not at all. But I just wanted to make sure that Roy knew that when he came up here, and that's why I had to speak to him, listen, yes, Dermot would like to sign you, Peter would like to sign you, I want to sign you, it's thing, But you understand that you've not played for six or seven weeks or two months at Man United, right? and my team are playing well at the moment. Petrov was on fire, Nakamura was on fire. I said, I don't want to upset that, but there'll be a chance for you. There's absolutely no doubt that there'll, there'll be a window for you. Are you prepared just to wait a wee bit till that window comes along? And he kind of nodded, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. I got on great one. him, i still getting great to him to this day. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was really professional, but, but at that time his hip was getting bad as well. There was a number of kind of training things you're talking about. You know the training exercises we do, we up and over the, the hurdles volleys and volleys and that. and that. Well, Roy booted the the hurdle away one day. I couldn't stop laughing. Behind his back, I laughed. <laughs> um, but he was he was he was he was big. And I think when that they two joined the dressing room, it became a really united dressing room. And when that happened, it just took off and blew everybody away. Uh,
0: so you won the league, but were you still in the back of your mind players that you needed to get out and a lot of players you needed to get in? No. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, it was alright at that time, but there was players who were probably seen at their best days and wanted to try something else in different places. That was frightening because John, John was a big thing there, and people like Stan Vaga wanted to move on and things like that, so it was not a problem. So you had to then kind of rejig it again, mm-hmm. which was, uh, and, and Stillian was got to move on as well, which was, was a body blow because he was such a, such a, such a good player. Um, so that was that wasn't helpful at the start of that season because like most managers now that that transfer window people can act crazy um
0: but we got that set up got on the way again and and did well and the rest of it yeah and uh, the next season was was European name as well because with the the standard of players that you brought in it looked like we were, you were gearing up for for european football
1: well you' always got to gear up for European football at Celtic and and um we, we got was it Man United the first group <laughs> nah, we played um, and we played very well down there and got beat 3-2 with Ryan Giggs and people think diving starts now no it started with, it was way before that and Ryan Giggs was good at it mm-hmm. and uh, he got United a 3-2 victory but we played extremely I think Jan Venegor played well that night as a team we played really well and, uh, and then we, we brought them back to our place obviously we had to be we're on the back foot didn't mean it you know, we didn't part the boss, it was just the fact that they were a great side and and we worked very hard to keep them doing the no many attempts at goals and then I think that's when Nacker scored that that wonder goal, yeah.
0: See, when you went to Old Trafford, did you feel like you had a point to prove against Ferguson? Nah, nah
1: absolutely not. Yeah. You can't even work that way because people say, okay, um, it's, it's, people say it's manager versus manager. I remember somebody saying that to me about when, I think Coventry played, uh, or Southampton played, Arsene Wenger's top side with Henri, Perez, Vieira, the back four, uh, Lundberg, uh, was it Lundberg? Yeah. All these kind of guys. And somebody says, it's striking versus Wenger. I went, that's not fair, because he's got a machine gun, I've got a water pistol here. <laughs> you know, this is not <laughs> fair. You know, that's what it was like. Uh-huh. Um, so, it's not really manager versus manager, that's for sure. Um, you, you can't just say that with players. It's The most important thing is it's shown in the Man United game. It's not about... There's, obviously, there's a bit of tactics to it. It's all about players. It's, it's essentially players.
0: Uh-huh. Did you have a wine after the game? I don't drink wine. No, have a, a, a cup of tea. After, a, after, the, the, that, after game. that game at Old Trafford? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, was he yeah, quite
1: yeah. complimentary. Two, two boys work, work together. So they do uh, So we, um, we were talking last week about, that no, it was about two months ago. We were talking about how kids are bullied and things like that. And I said to him, you'd be in jail now, wouldn't you, for that? He went, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't mind it at all. Uh-huh, yeah. Because there's that thing about bullying now. Do you, do you, do you realise that it's like, if you watch Chris Roy and Andy Murray, they've been pushed to a limit. They have to the bully them. I find that the only people that call it bullying is the ones that have failed. The ones who are successful called it being pushed to a limit. So we were pushed to a limit with some of I don't know if it's bullying or whatever you want to call it. Um, the ones who failed about might call it bullying, but the rest of us would call it, he's pushed us to where we thought we couldn't be. And that's what co- good coaches do. And do I get on? Well, yeah, fine. But like most people, I can follow it with. People. I never held a garage, that's for sure. I don't have to love somebody to um, admire and respect them.
0: So the home game, Naka sticks that free kick in the top bin. Um, Were you one of the ones that never knew we'd qualified?
1: I was the, yeah. The main one? I was the main one. Uh, I was the the principal there. I didn't have a clue. I was so caught up in the moment and relieved to get the game over I was so tired. I was drained. And and somebody said to me, well, actually, your qualifying. Sorry. <laughs> for all the scenarios, before you set out the game, I was so wound up and making sure that we could make it hard for Man United and when we took our chances, we got chances being able to do it. So most of our coaching was 75% on how to stop Man United playing because they're just a wonderful, wonderful side. And, um, and then when the guy told me that I just couldn't, it didn't sink in. It just didn't sink in at that point. And uh, and even after the interview, I had to go and check if that was right, and it was right. How good
0: are they feeling so brilliant Well,
1: to be fair, it, 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 it wasn't, because I didn't know about it. It, it, it didn't build up to that, it didn't hit me right away. Mm-hmm. It was only, it's, it, it's and I think it's only when um, you wake up next again day, day, you go, well, well, just a second, we've done something really terrific here. Um, so that was an unusual night, and people say that's a bit. You know, most managers would know but I was so um, focused on the game, the game alone, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that proves that I've never really planned for anything in my life, and in, in my career. I just I play, I play and manage for the moment, and. Uh, it's worked out okay.
0: Uh-huh. And then the Italian Giants, AC Milan the last 16. Yeah. How do you assess A2 games? Well, that, that, so close.
1: That was just a, if, if, if People make off today might think, AC Milan, well, they're not very good. But at the time, have a think about that because I think that team went on to get that team run about. they got the final a couple of times then. And they had that team with Sidoff, katuso Pirlo, Kaka, uh, Maldini. That was a real side. Mm. And it was... Zero zero, over two two legs, and um, and it, it's that that was the the, the night over the two legs when I we went to injury time, extra time sorry, and in just before the ninety minutes we could have got a penalty when Craig Beattie was brought down the edge of the box or Naka was got Naka was brought down the edge of the box, and uh, if we would got the penalty then that'd been us through the last day which is. It's kind of unthinkable, mm-hmm. but we nearly did that, and our back four was I think it was like Paul Telfer, Darno D, mm-hmm. Stephen McManus. I can't remember who else played, there was another one that played. So it was a really inexperienced team to play against that wonderful side. So, really, really proud of that performance. These two games against a top, top side, and um. I think that was the game Lenny decided to retire as he was running back with Kaka. <laughs> I thought, it's a bad time to retire, Lenny. He could have just kept running, chasing him. Um, but Kaka got away and scored that goal from when we were pressing with a corner kick or something like that. Um, so, I it was, it was very proud of that bunch of players because, as you said, they're, they're guys that weren't the household names, that's for sure, but what a performance they put in.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing I need to, one person I need to ask you about, sorry Probably not your favourite, Tommy Gravison. Thomas! <laughs> We've had loads Cho- of guests on, I've told you some great stories about him, how was he to manage? Thomas was a,
1: just impossible <laughs> um, Most, um, there There is... Bad professionals And I've been lucky about maybe three or four over my whole career that's... You didn't want to manage them, didn't want to be in their company, da 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 You want to get rid of them, Thomas wasn't like that at all, Thomas was a decent fella Thomas was a, a good laugh, but Thomas was so intense that to coach him was impossible. Um, but never a problem,
0: yeah.
1: never a problem. Um, he was uncoachable, but incredible talent. And as you seen yourself, he was a hard worker at the training, fitness, um, but didn't he have a, a great attention span at all, Thomas? Mm-hmm. He found it very hard to take things in. He actually, do you know what he's doing now? Uh, Vegas, isn't it? He's in Vegas, he uh-huh. Plays on these uh, games. <laughs> I think he's the second best player in the world. Uh-huh. And, uh, Call of Duty. That's it. Uh-huh. And I think he makes he makes a a, a lot of money doing that, and, and he's quite happy doing that. Uh-huh. But good talent, but yeah, he was uncoachable and absolutely no di- discipline. Disciplined off the off the football field, but undisciplined on it. But never gave you
0: problems. Yeah. Uh, 2007, 2008 penalty shootout to beat Spartak to get into the Champions League. Talk us through the stress of that night.
1: <sighs> uh, that was a good side. Uh, I think we drew one-one. Over and Paul Hartley scored a good header. Mm-hmm. That was the day that, that, that we trained on the AstroTurf the night before, and it was it, it was dry. The ball was kicking up. It wasn't moving, it was reverse spin. If you can imagine snooker, where the ball goes one way and it comes back the other way off the cushion. It was like that. It was dry, the ball wasn't moving. And we went out to play the game, warm up as usual, still dry. what didn't they tell us? But the time we went in from the warm up to the, point of the kickoff, they hosed an the incredible amount of water. And then we were slipping about for 20 minutes. They knew it was coming and they practiced on this, but they didn't let us into the secret. And we were sliding about for the first twenty minutes. We found it very difficult, and the pitch dried out a wee bit. We got a wee bit better, and and Paul scored a, a, a fantastic head. And the game itself over there is probably one of the most memorable games I've ever been involved because in. it had everything that night. It had good goals. It had a, the penalty shoot and Arthur, Arthur, the holy goalie. He um, produced. And there's a wonderful picture of the. People going to the huddle and and Tommy taking off from where I was to go to the other side of the pitch. And I said, him and his training shoes flying across everybody. I think <coughs> I have got a kind of etching of that in my house, and it's the only thing that if you if you come to my house, invite you any time you want, oh, they uh, just bring some cakes or something, like that. Uh, and it's the only thing I've got anything to do with football in my house. Because it was a football thing, plus Tommy. So it was, all everything I liked about football was kind of chucked into this kind of etching that somebody's given me. So, um, a wonderful, wonderful night.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Arthur then. How good was he in comparison to the top goalies at that time?
1: Arthur, I think Arthur could have been the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, really, I think eh? he, he had everything. Well, nearly everything.
0: <laughs> Except the bread.
1: Apart from <laughs> discipline. Yeah, apart from discipline. And to be the, the world's best goalkeeper, you have to be disciplined. it will be the, the best in anything. Mm. You have to be disciplined. Unfortunately, Arthur didn't have that. Arthur thought football and party go, went hand in hand, which unfortunately doesn't, because it's a certain period you'll get away with it and there's a, there's a time when it'll catch up with you. He's still playing football now, he's still at Bournemouth, but I've got to say that he was fantastic signing for Celtic. He had a presence and everything about him. Um, he had that arrogance that when you were in the, d- the tunnel when was a player, you think, mm, I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad you're
0: here. See that side Do you just need to ignore that with some players? The party inside and, the, and well, discipline? Well,
1: with a football manager, people say, well, you have to discipline everybody the same. I think sometimes when you've got exceptional players, it's like if you had a George Best, you try your best to um, help them. But Alex Ferguson is a bit the same way. Eric Cantona. He was a special player, and they let him away with a bit more than the rest. They let him definitely away with more than Giggs Beckham, to be honest But I think if you explain to the players, listen, he's a special player. He can make us win things. He can help us achieve things. I know he's a bit of a problem now and then. I know that, you know that. But do you want to have him on the side? And they'll probably go, yeah.
0: Uh, That season, the league league looked uh, lost uh, after the Motherwell defeat. Seven games to go. What was the key in keeping the the belief in the
1: players? (laughs) Ah, First of all, you've got to keep the belief in yourself first. And then you've got to transmit that to everybody else. Uh, And we had two huge games against Rangers at home. And we had to win there too. So we we knew we had two games and we had to win them. Uh, Because if it was a draw, then Rangers were going to win the league. So when you're talking about in life, there was crisis times as you as a manager, you coach staff and players. Well, we had a crisis point, two crisis points, and we had to deal with them. And we dealt with them brilliantly. Absolutely brilliantly. Um, so you can be really proud of that, that's for sure.
0: Do you change yourself when it's, it gets to that crisis point? Is there things you need to do differently?
1: Um, no. You, you've got to make sure that people know that you're not being shaken by the mother will result. You, inwardly, yeah, you're shaken badly but you've got to convince everybody else that you've got everything under control and everything's right. And if we keep doing the right things, then we'll be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of that and season... that's a
1: kind of sports management thing, that's psychology. Uh-huh. Stay strong for your players. Well, they look at you as soon as you walk through the door mm-hmm. after a defeat or any, any sort of upset. They they watch you and watch your body language and they they can sniff it if you're up for it or no. At
0: mm-hmm. uh, the end of that season, obviously the death of your friend and coach yep. Tommy Burns. How much... I push was it I win the league for him as well?
1: Uh, well, to be fair, that's what we, we thought about it at that time. Uh, and it was it was a blow, especially for you younger guys that have been mm. g- growing up with him. And Aiden found it very hard and people like that. Um, we really only talked about Tommy as such, because it'd been unfair um, to, to, for us to start saying, we're doing this for Tommy. We only spoke about it once we won the league. Then we realised that we, you know, the one man Who'd be probably happier than anybody else in our coaching staff and players was not with us, um, and uh, we did say that the you know that to, for, for our, our our thank you to Tommy was to make the Celtic fans happy because that was the only time. Well, he was always happy, but he was extra happy when the Celtic fans were were enjoying themselves.
0: I remember when I think it was the day after he died, you pulled everyone out of Lennox Town onto the training ground: staff, mm. players, kit men. Yeah, and you gave a great speech about Tommy. Mm. Um, was he one of the best things about coming to Celtic? Huh?
1: Oh, I listen. Um, if I didn't win anything at all there, and I've got booed away from the stadium or chased away from the stadium, the fact that I've become friends with one of the nicest people I've ever met. That that would say, and that, and, that, and funny enough, for all the trophies and all the things you won, you you as a coach, it doesn't really mean anything. My my. Um, my memories are with people, whether it be Leeds, Man United, Aberdeen, Celtic. It's it's the great people I've met um, through football. And um, he is he's just... I've got to say that never a week goes by that I don't speak about him or someone wants to talk about him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think about leaving after that, that year?
1: Yeah. And why did you stay? Because of the circumstances. Right. Um, I felt... Because yeah, I, I always kind of take time out every um, now and then for football to come up and join the real world again. And I felt it was about three years might be a b- bit enough. But, but with Tommy passing it, it, it would look really selfish for me to think about myself at that time. If something like that's happened and somebody's giving some months to the club and I'm, I'll be thinking about myself. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it going. I got caught up in the euphoria winning the league again. And also the disappointment of losing Tommy. So if you put them together, I just felt it was the right thing to do at that moment in time because it was a, it was a bit it was a good time for the club in terms of winning something. But it was a tragic time for the the club to miss uh, to lose its one of its best sons. Uh-huh.
0: Right? Uh, the last year obviously never went to plan. Never won the league. No. What, what would you say went wrong that year? Uh,
1: well, you can you can define it by I would say define it by. Drawn against Hibs in the second last game. Um, that was a, a real problem. We were, we were in the lead until the last two, uh, so we'd, we played some decent stuff that season. And we we'll won the League Cup as well um, here at Hamden, which was um, a great triumph because we played Rangers um, and we'd, we'd done something different. We played two small guys up front. Um, everybody's expecting. Uh, Jan Venego and Samanas to play, but I, always, I felt that the two centre halves at Rangers looked forward to that. So we changed it to play Aidan and Scott McDonnell up front. The Chockle Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Chuckles played very well that day. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a, a it was a great thing for us. But the, the league was a, a, a huge disappointment, yeah. It was a it was a bit of a low um to leave like that. Um and it's it's hugely disappointing. But it, it doesn't register too, too much for me now the, the fact that I enjoyed myself for four years and met some great people was a a bigger bonus than, than, than losing the league in the last day of the season
0: now you mentioned Aidan there was there a wee bit of a strange relationship there or was it just a bit of fun no listen
1: I, I um no it wasn't a bit of fun we, we, we got on each other's nerves at times mm-hmm. uh, that's for sure but the they, they, they say, i me and Sir Alex used to get on each other's nerves and I've seen that and that happens at times Um uh, but do you think he's a good football player? Very much so. Do you think he was a great trainer? Very much so. Good professional? Very much so. Um, but there will be times where I think you, if you think about the times, I've had arguments with most of them in that dressing room. Um, so great respect for him in many things, but just at times that we, we just
0: got in each other's nails. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. So four years at Celtic, how would you look back on your time? It was funny. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Uh-huh, yeah.
1: It was good. It was, um, and uh, as I said to you, the good thing about its I've friends there now that I'll have forever, and that's a, a huge thing. And uh, the, the club gave me incredible memories. Me and my family incredible memories. So we, we thank
0: them for that. Brilliant. A uh, spell at Middlesbrough, but I want to talk about? Want <laughs> to talk about that? Eh? <laughs> we'll cut that. Eh? Um, Scotland job. Was it something that you always wanted? No. No? I've, not,
1: I've As I said to you, I've never had any plans in my life. I just float about, it and I've ended up here. How would I end up here? I've no idea. I never had this plan forty years ago. Um, no, it, 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 it come up in front of me. Do you take a chance? Will you be offered again? Maybe no. You take it never go at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I can go about this building and meet a lot of good friends and, and good people. Um, some great nights. Some only a couple of disappointing nights, but real nights that nobody complain about the effort they put in, the passion, and how they try to get it. They can, it can be defined on one night out here against Lithuania. If we beat them instead of drawn, we're through to the World Cup. Away at Georgia, where they had two shots at goals and scored with one, that was the other one. So the rest of it, there's some great performances, in like Poland Germany, and Germany, beating Croatia twice, getting England a run full of money. Mm. So... Um, there was good things going on there, and the, but, but a, what a great bunch of players! A terrific, terrific bunch of players. I, mean, I keep telling people, play for nothing. People think they get a lot of money for playing for Scotland. As I explained to you earlier on, it wasn't it. It's not about it's not about money at all. Playing for you, you do it because you want it. And fun enough, they come under more the players come under more scrutiny at the national level than they probably do at the club level. Mm-hmm. But At least at club level, you get paid for it. But they just do this for the for the sake of the Scots, and they love doing it. So it's a very strange setup, being playing at an international level.
0: I know how much you love being out in the training ground every day. Is it hard when it's, it's part-time coaching?
1: I loved every minute of it. And I think if you said to me, listen, um, Gordon, you've got to get a job where you come in at eight o'clock and you leave at four o'clock and all you have to do is coach and work with players, never speak about business, never have a, a, a media conference, never do anything like that, never talk to agents, I would take that job. I just love working with players. I still do it with the foundation that we have in the the Midlands. I was coaching last week and trying things out that I've seen develop in the game that I think other coaches could use if I developed that for a coaching technique. Um, So the kids last week would practice something that I would probably, if I was at Celtic right now, be working with Celtic players. Right, okay. So
0: international, is it less about style of playing, more about getting results?
1: Listen, I think, style of play, what I kind of do, I love playing football that I like watching. I don't really know if I could, a style of football that I didn't like watching, because I like playing the game, I love playing the game. So we played the kind of style of football that suit us, um, um, the Scottish team, and uh, the group that I had. And... Um, there was a, a fluidity to it, especially the three behind the main striker. I, allowed the other, I didn't have two sitting midfield players, Whenever they actually said, you're the sitting one. If you felt like going, you went. So I like to think we played without fear. At times when you play against Jeremy, people say you're sitting in. Never planned that. It was just too good. Couldn't you get out of <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you parked the bus. I didn't mean to do that. Just they come with a big giant bus. <laughs>
0: But the, the thing about Scotland is there's quite a lot of your misses. Do you think there's a mentality issue that we've got? On near misses? Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. I think we're, we're all right. As I've trained it and got picked up the wrong way, physically, genetically, we're not as strong as nations. That's fact. And you can look at Celtic as well and look at them over the last three or four years with Martin O'Neill and da 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 and, and Brendan and Lenny. If you look at them, their, their physical size comes from foreign players, not Scottish players. Um, so the, the, the guy gave, gave their best. Technically, we could be better. That's for sure. Um, but we've got a lot going for us we've got, We have a, a determination that kept us in things. And so I don't think they could have given any more. You know, there's a goal against Poland in the last four minutes there when we played Poland off the park, we were brilliant, scored two great goals. So we've been very close and it, it, it just need tweaking a couple of things and, and finding one result somewhere or one goal. If we scored the one goal against uh, Slovenia, was
0: it Slovenia in the last game? Slovakia, Slovenia, I can't remember. And then we would have been through. Uh-huh. And how do you feel about your dismissal for the job? Did you think it was weird that they let you go without having no. someone lined up?
1: Uh, well, I don't think they did have somebody lined up. But I can understand it, I had no problems whatsoever with um, uh, the decision, none whatsoever. Because I understand the problems would be, okay, I like a lot of what we've seen, because they did say that to me as a, as a board, you would see that we're playing football, we're doing this, discipline was good, everything about it. But I can understand if we put start the next campaign and I lost the first game, oh hell, we'd break loose. You know, so I understood that totally. I've not got a problem with that at all.
0: And what about the future? Back into management?
1: I've no idea. Let's see what happens. I've absolutely no, no idea. I'm going to Spain on Saturday and I'll be playing golf. I've got some things to sort out with my golf. And then once I get past that, I'll find. But as I said, I still coach with the, the, um, the foundation that we've got. When it, it takes up a lot of my time now. So, but don't think I'm sitting about doing nothing. As you can tell by my hair, I've not even got time to get my hair cut. Um, and I'm off now to Spartans in Edinburgh to work on a couple of things with the foundation. And tomorrow I've got some more meetings, and Friday I'm in London doing some more telly. So it's, it's, um, I'm in a good place at the moment, right good place.
0: Thanks very much Gordon, cheers. Brilliant Simon, great Thank to you. see you. You too, thanks. Brilliant.